Well, let's pray uh, this morning as we enter God's word as well as uh, bring a few other concerns to the Lord. Lord, we thank you for how you continually move in your people. Even when you're silent, uh, you are at work, or refining, moving among us, causing us perhaps to think differently, causing us to notice new things. We recognize there's been a great appreciation lately for medical personnel, uh, for truckers who continually bring food into stores that we may purchase them. Uh, we thank you for food providers. We thank you for dairy farmers and, and all the people that continue to make the world work while many of us are at home. We thank you for the places that we live and, and the roofs that you've given us that we can uh, shelter in place. Lord, we pray for those who are sick, as even so, uh, the sickness has um, gotten one step closer to our community. Uh, we pray for um, our church family as uh, a brother and sister-in-law of someone or our family is, is now sick, one of them in the hospital, one of them not yet there. Lord, we continually pray day after day uh, for the ceasing of the spreading of this virus, but we also pray day after day for those who are in the front lines uh, caring for those who are sick. And so we continually pray for the DeVries family right now, as well as many others who are sick. Lord, we give this time to you. We pray that as we would uh, enter into your word, that you would speak through us and that you would give us ears to listen and to hear you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, growing up, I went to church morning and evening to First Reformed Church in Waupon, Wisconsin. And if I think about it and look back, I know I might not have been the best and most diligent listener all the time, but I don't remember tons of sermons on the Holy Spirit outside of, of Pentecost. So instead of just focusing one sermon on that, we're going to focus the next seven sermons on the work of the Holy Spirit. And one of the additional things we're going to do is we're going to um, try to work in spiritual practices for us to help discern the Spirit's working in our life. Because I've had it said to me at time after time, um, you know, hey, you know, if you sense the Spirit doing this, or if you listen to the Spirit doing that, what does it really mean for us to do that? How do we know that it's the Spirit talking to us and directing us to to do something? So we want to we wanna a little bit talk about that. But as we begin this morning, as we begin our discussion uh, and study of the Holy Spirit, uh, we want to give you a brief introduction of who the Spirit is. As we dive into scripture, I think something important we have to remember is uh, the ambiguity of the Holy Spirit. Just like any other characteristic or attribute of God, which there's a level of mystery, we're not going to fully understand 
everything. In, in scripture, we find that the spirit is referred to as the water that brings forth life in the wilderness or that will flow out of rivers of living water. And the spirit comes upon Jesus, like Steve said, in the form of a dove at his baptism. And when he fell upon the first disciples, he came as fire um, and a mighty rushing wind. So there's a lot of um, natural descriptions of him. There's other descriptions of him throughout scripture um, that we'll touch on throughout this series. You know, I wonder, Emily, if one of the reasons that there can be ambiguity of uh, understanding of the spirit and who the spirit is, uh, is perhaps some movies that uh, are on yes. uh, television or uh, in cinema. Uh, Emily and I have been watching, if you're a fan of Star Wars, I have been maybe reintroducing or introducing Emily to Star Wars, and we've been watching that during this, this quarantine time. And so we've watched the, the first six, I guess, episodes, you could call them. Uh, but also we've watched, uh, you know, uh, the Mandalorian and, and Rogue One and, and so on. And and there's an element in those movies that um, can bring some conflicting information into our minds about mm. who the spirit is. There's this thing called the force. And if you're not familiar with what the force is, uh, we'll use uh, Master Obi-Wan Kenobi, what he says, the force is what gives a Jedi his power. It is an energy field created by all living things. It surrounds us and penetrates us. It binds the galaxy together. And what happens in these movies is that the Jedi and, and the Sith, uh, they use the Force, and they, they're supposed to learn the ways of the Force and use the Force uh, as uh, their power, giving them power to, to move objects, to sense things that are about to happen, to sense things that have happened, uh, a heightened awareness of what will be taking place, a heightened awareness of feelings and thoughts of other people. Um, in The Mandalorian, you see a baby Yoda use, I think it's the force to heal someone of, of uh, uh, a sickness, or it was a, um, a poison, I think. Uh, but anyway, we, we see all of these things that are going on, and, and this is an area where we could go really, really wrong with our understanding of who the Spirit is. Because I've heard in my life that uh, there's people that, you know, offhand will say something that um, we have so much power through the Holy Spirit at our, at our disposal. Mm. Um, talking uh, like the Spirit is some power that we we tap into and that we can can use and i think we err uh when we think that the the spirit is is just a power that we tap into uh, a power that's available for us that is 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 at our disposal that we use it's it's not quite uh the way the force is the power that is used uh, but the spirit is not a power of power that is used the spirit is God, the Spirit is a person. That's why we don't refer to the Spirit as it. We refer, refer to it as a person and refer to it as maybe he. And it is the Spirit who is, is part of God, who is God and has all the attributes of God and all the power of God. 
it is important to be cautious on how we set our minds on the spirit. And uh, I found a quote by A.R. Torrey, who he was a pastor and theologian at the beginning of the 19th century. He was one of the co-founders of the Moody Bible Institute. And he has this to say, if you think the Holy Spirit as a mere influence of power, then your thought will constantly be, how can I get a hold of the Holy Spirit and use it? But if you think of him in the biblical way, as a person of divine majesty and glory, your thought will be, how can the Holy Spirit get a hold of me and use me? That's what's important here, is that the Holy Spirit gets a hold of us, and we are embodying the kingdom of God with him. You know, another key difference, I think, between the force and the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit isn't something to tap into. Um, It's not something that we get a hold of, but the Uh, How can the Spirit use me? Uh, But also the Spirit, unlike the force, it has uh, attributes, those godly attributes. And I kind of alluded to them earlier, but the Spirit um, has attributes of love and discernment and understanding. It has uh, the Father's will, uh, God's will. Uh, The Spirit understands grief, uh, but the Spirit also functions in a couple different positions too. The Spirit is a, a counselor, a teacher, a witness, Uh, even partly a judge, a leader, uh, partly an intercessor uh, with us. And and there's so many uh, variety of things that the Spirit does. And and that's the hope is that as we uh, go through this series, that we learn a little bit more of how the Spirit works within us, works through us, and then also works within Scripture, that we could understand just a little bit more the mystery of perhaps the Trinity, but also the mystery of who the Spirit is. Now, when we enter the Old Testament uh, this morning uh, to look at uh, the Spirit of the Lord or the Spirit of God who is at work there, I want to make a note that the Israelites would not have necessarily seen that as the Holy Spirit because they believed their their God was was one. So they would have seen that um, the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of God, uh, would be an extension of Yahweh's power because they believed that the their Lord, their God, was one, and and there was not multiple gods. It was it was a specific monotheistic uh, God, and uh, that the spirit of the Lord or the hand of the Lord it would it would come upon people and it would it would do uh, certain things for periods of time rather than like indwelling forever and uh, and and those types of things. Uh, so we're going to look first at, at the passage Genesis 1, uh, verses 1 and 2, and see what we see about the Spirit in that section of Scripture. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And I think that's... Uh, The Spirit of God hovering over the waters. Um, There's this word in Hebrew, ruach, which uh, Emily hasn't taken Hebrew yet, so she's not there. But uh, ruach is spirit, but it also can be wind. And the word that's used next uh, that we say the Spirit of God, uh, sometimes that is, is used as like a superlative, like great. So there's there's some people that say, well, it was actually just a great wind that was over the water. 
and that um, would have uh, maybe further um, talked about this earth that was in chaos. There was void, there was darkness, and there was there was this wind this that was kind of swirling over the waters. But uh, that's not quite what's happening here because we see that combination of words being used a little bit differently. It's the spirit, ruach, of of God who is hovering over the waters. It's not something that's that's blowing around, but it's it's a hovering, and we see that um, elsewhere uh, in Jeremiah twenty nine, where we see kind of the hovering is happening, and, and the picture is this bird who is hovering over its young, attentive and ready to care, ready to begin perhaps uh, caring for that young. And, and here we have the Ruach Elohim who is is ready to um, uh, act its will upon the face of the earth. It's really this uh, beautiful imagery of the spirit ready, the spirit ready to be working along with the Father. And we know the Son from reading John 1, 1, that the Word was there at the beginning and that everything was made also through the Word. So we see the Trinity at work right away in creation, and we see it a little bit later uh, in the creation narrative as well. Genesis chapter 2 says, um, from in verse 7, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. It's that breath of life that shows into the man's nostrils. So that breath of life personally came, touched us, um, and indwelt, made us come to life, is the source of our life. Um, it shows that the spirit is tender and desires personal intimacy. Um, and I think something that we need to keep in mind all the time, but especially right now. We embody that tenderness because of his spirit. We embody that um, compassion because of his spirit. And um, we need to be careful as believers of Christ how we are embodying his spirit in our digital public, um, also in uh, how we behave uh, with each other, and not only at home, but um, with our neighbors, and as we as we seek this, you know, bizarre society we're navigating through, um, we have to be really conscious of that personal, tender spirit that was breathed life into us. It is our responsibility to breathe life into God's kingdom through the same spirit. I think to Emily's point, uh, in the book of Job, uh, chapter 27, Job even says something along the lines of, as long as my breath is in me and the spirit of God is in my nostrils, I will not, my lips will not speak falsehood and my tongue will not utter deceit. If we're vessels of the spirit, our, our words, the things we say uh, will be uh, different. They're going to be honoring. They're not going to be things that are, are tearing others down. And so we're seeing the, the Spirit of the Lord is someone who is there at creation. The Spirit of the Lord is there um, 
working to sustain life itself by breathing within people and supporting them within their own actions, specifically Job here and, and Adam earlier. You know, I think it's important for us to note that um, the spirit, the spirit's work, and the spirit's work in our lives, isn't always necessarily going to be these um, spectacular, um, amazing uh, displays to us, for us, and so on. Uh, I'd love to share a quote from Christopher Wright from his book *Knowing the Holy Spirit Through the Old Testament*. It says this. If we long for a deeper experience of the Spirit of God, what exactly are we looking for? It will not mean merely enjoying more spectacular exhibitions of His alleged presence or exercising more and more of the gifts associated with the Spirit in the New Testament. There are many ways, of course, in which uh, such deeper experience of God's Spirit will affect us, not least in bearing more of the fruit of the Spirit in more Christ-like character. And I think it's, it's that part uh, that's going to be important as we think about how uh, the Spirit as a life sustainer and creator affects us in how we live our lives here in our homes or if, if we're still going off to work or even if we're going to the grocery store um, all of those workings about how is it that the Spirit is working and renewing and sustaining and developing that Christ-like character within ourselves. We pray the words, come Holy Spirit. And in those words is also an invitation to submit uh, our will to the whole being of the divine person of majesty, power, and glory, who is the Lord. Um, it's that submitting and uh, recognition that we put ourselves down and the Holy Spirit fills us up. And out of that filling is the overflow of the fruit. But in order, just like a tree, we're um, learning about plants right now with our kids as we're trying to plant a garden. Um, that that fruit needs a source, and that source is the Holy Spirit. Uh, we're not going to produce good fruit, and we can't do that unless we're communing with Him. Just like a plant can't sustain life without receiving sunlight or water, we won't sustain um, a, a Christ-like life, the full abundant life, without the Holy Spirit. Um, and so there's a confidence we can have in uh, how he's directing us. We can have a confidence that he is sustaining us when we pray, you know, Lord, give me your spirit, give me your patience, give me your gentleness. Um, have confidence that when we pray those things, when we say those things, he is. Uh, not just he might, he is. He's already here. He's already in you. Um, and so as we uh, are home, many of us are home, uh, we often have this excuse of, oh, I, you know, I should make more time to be quiet with the Lord, but I just don't have time. Um, most of us have had our calendars pretty wiped out, um, so we don't really have a good excuse for <laughs> busyness, uh, not b busyness being the reason we, we won't commune with the Lord. Um, so I think that's something we have to think about. Is it our stubbornness more than our busyness? Um, 
And I think something that was put on my heart as we talk about the Holy Spirit in this next seven weeks is learning different uh, spiritual disciplines or um, soul training, things that we can do um, that are just a little bit different than just reading scripture and praying. Um, They're just a little bit different practices. So each Monday, my goal is to um, put on Facebook and YouTube um, an exercise that we can do together that week um, of soul training or spiritual discipline. Hopefully tomorrow we are going to work on listening prayer. Um, I might lead us in a bit of listening prayer or just kind of talk about what it is and outline some exercises and give us some resources. But So each week we're going to work through um, a different way that we can commune with the Spirit now that we have no excuse um, other than possibly our stubbornness. Would you join me in prayer as we close our time this morning? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for the good gift of the indwelling of your Spirit. Um, We thank you for the union with Christ that is provided by your Spirit and the endless benefits that that gives us access to. We don't even begin to understand, um, but it is so abundant. We are so in awe of your power and your majesty and your glory, and it is manifested in so many ways we see with the Holy Spirit, not only in scripture, but Lord, you are active and moving even now. Would you tune our eyes to see, tune our ears to hear, tune our hearts to receive, and to tune our feet and our hands to do and obey the way that you are leading us and calling us to embody your spirit and further your kingdom. In your name we pray.